to the Million Dollar Career, where we show you how to plan, build, and supercharge your own million dollar career. I have with me today my returning guest host, Craig Picken. Craig is president of North Star Search Group based in Wilmington, North Carolina, an industry-leading search firm specializing in aerospace and aviation. How are you doing this morning, Craig? Good, Rob. Doing all right. Happy Sunday. Yeah, man. Hey, is the ocean too cold now or what? Yeah, it's a little chilly out now, so that's all right. We hung out with a fire in the backyard this morning. The amazing thing about the ocean, uh, and I go to the ocean, obviously not as much as you do, but it seems like, it seems to me that even on like really, really cold days, there's always like one guy like way out there. And I'm always wondering like, who is that guy like way the hell out there? You could just see his head like bobbing. What, right? what, is it too cold is a relative term. And, uh, you know, is it too cold for me? Yeah. Is it too cold for these guys and they're, you know, some of the folks out there in their wetsuits or their spring suits and, you know, he's got a wetsuit. You know, that's, you know, they love it. I don't. I'm in the backyard today. I went to the gym this morning. I'm in the backyard. We put a fire on, you know, just threw a fire in the fireplace and we're reading for a few hours. I was just enjoying watching the dogs play and it was nothing like a good morning. It's a good morning. I've got this thing called a solo stove. I know that. And it's like a fire in a tin can, you know, it's a big one. And I, I started out grilling these smash burgers, but yesterday morning I got, I got a little bit adventurous and I, I did a breakfast on the iron skillet. There's an iron skillet attachment that goes yeah. on top of it. I did bacon, pancakes, scrambled eggs, sausage. And what I ended up doing is taking the pancake Folding it in half as a as almost like a tortilla. Uh, yeah. I put the egg inside a, a stick of bacon and just drizzled some maple syrup. Yep. I mean, it was just unreal. My neighbors are coming out, crowing their necks, like, where where the hell are you cooking over there, anyways? I said, Come on, man. I got lots to go here. I had like three pounds of bacon. And it was just incredible. And, and there's something about cooking. We've got a, I've got this thing called the Wilmington Grill. So yeah, we built this whole big fireplace and then a grill. So we've got this thing called the Wilmington Grill, yeah, which yeah. is gas. And then right next to it, I got one of those big green eggs if I want to cook oh, on wood or gosh. charcoal. Jeez. So, you know, it's a big, it's this whole setup, but there's something yeah. about cooking breakfast outside. I don't know what it is about <laughs> eggs and bacon and pancakes. Yes, when you, you know, we've got the Wilmington Grill and we've got the same thing. You got a griddle, yeah. something about cooking them outside. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's just the fresh air that that adds flavor to it or whatever, but that's I mean, the most awesome thing in the world. You're right. I had the whole setup. I had my cowboy boots, jeans, red and white checkered cowboy shirt, cowboy hat, the whole, my horse riding gloves. I mean, I was out there with the sticks and you're up in the mountains. You're up in the mountains. You're up in the mountains too. So it's way, way up in the mountains, up about 9,000 feet. The wind's just blowing in my mm-hmm. face. The trees are bending over sideways. I think we're going to get some snow here, man. It, it, it was wow. a snow sky. Wow. wow. You can feel October. it coming. It's definitely coming, man. It's only October. So, so anyway, well, let's, hey, let's switch from breakfast to uh, let's switch from breakfast to uh, you got a great topic today. Yeah. So uh, knowing when to fold them, you know, that old Kenny Rogers song. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. I don't want to show off my singing voice here because it's terrible, but you got to know when to fold them. And, and I was thinking about this the other day, you know, uh, I'm probably guilty of this a little bit, but one of my themes as, as our listeners and viewers know, is that I've got these attributes that I'm always, that I'm all the time looking for in my candidates. And I've done blogs and podcasts about 
these attributes of highly successful peak performers, you know, grit, determination, indefatigability, you know, all these different attributes. And I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, you know, we celebrate resilience and determination mm -hmm. in our society at work. But, you know, a poker champ, and we're just talking about poker off camera, a poker champ can only be a champ if they know when to fold them. So in other words, if you take that to a corporate analogy, sometimes people have to throw the towel in them. Yep. I mean, sometimes you have to know when to quit. And I think quitters have a bad name now because of quiet quitting and quiet firing and all this stuff. So I just want to bring this topic up today about, you know, when is the right time to actually quit? I mean, how do you know and what can you do as a candidate to prepare yourself for that day where you may have to? When do you think it is? You may have to fold them. Well, when I think it is, having been in the situation before, having been, you know, I've always been a greedy guy, you know, always involved in competitive sports and it's been drilled into my head. Rob, you never quit anything. Mm -hmm. My old man used to tell me that training special forces, never quitting is a big thing. But when do I think it is? It's not really with me. It's not an emotional decision with me. It's a rational and a logical decision. It has to be. It has to be objective. And one of the things I'll talk about is, you know, how do you know when it's that right time? For me, I think it's setting benchmarks and metrics before I do something so that I know it's a lost cause. I think um, one of the good things about personal friends and colleagues like you and Jack and some other people is you become sort of like my outside advisors, my independent advisors. So you have to have somebody on the outside who can look at what you're doing on the inside to tell you if you're on the right track or not. And a lot of times other people can see things that you don't. It's it's like you know seeing the trees through the forest. And then uh, I think having a coach uh, is a good way to keep yourself on track. Because sometimes a coach is going to tell you, hey, you know, you're on the wrong track, man. So. Yeah. Look, the, here's, I guess here's kind of the way, look, you know, I've had, what am I on? I'm on my you know, military. Then I was airplane sales and I was real estate. Now I'm in my kind of my fourth career, late fifties. I'm in my fourth career. Yeah. And I remember the military, you know, what was my decision to get out of the military? I was constant. I don't want to say I was constantly in trouble, but I was a constant, it just wasn't doing anything for me. Yeah. And I was disruptive. Yeah, right. And it just wasn't, you know, look, I served the I served my country. I loved the squadron I was in. But then I went over to NATO and I was an advisor in NATO. And I'm like, is this as good as it's gonna get? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, after a long, I'm like, yep, yeah, this is probably and then you know, coming back from Europe, it was like, okay, you go back to sea. Now you gotta go back to sea. And then after going back to sea, I'm like, is this as good as it gets? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, if this is as good as it gets, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping out. I'm getting out. I think what you're saying is that if it's, if it ain't a hell yeah, it's, it's a, a no. no. It's a, and then I went to, yeah, I went to an OEM. I went to an aircraft manufacturer in Savannah, Georgia. And it was great for two years. And then I got put it in the penalty box. And I was like, all right, is this as good as it's going to get? Yep. All right. I'm out. Let's go. Let's go do something else. And that's ultimately where I think people got to go is like, you know, when you, when you sit there and you look at your life and what you're doing, and if you're constantly just dreading going to work, 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's when it's time to cut bait or fold them. Yeah. You've, uh, I've done a podcast and I've done a million dollar career episode with Pete Gold. Yep. Uh, SF guy, one of my top five best friends on the planet. I love this guy, worked with him for a long time. He's a gritty, down to earth green beret, you know? And uh, he told me about, it's probably about two years ago, I was in the Emirates mm -hmm. and I was asking this question. I've been there a long time and I, and I said, Pete, you know, like, how do you really know like when to move on? And Pete had a really good way of explaining it. He said, you know, if you're in a position that you're not like jumping out of bed, and you're in a position where you start to be disruptive. It was interesting that you said that, Craig. I, I was disruptive because that was one of his telltale signs. If you're no longer like filtering what you say to people and, and what you do, and you become like borderline disruptive to your organization, he goes, you know, it's probably time to get out. Yeah. Uh, and he said, uh, and he told me several of his experiences where he just got to a point where he felt like he wasn't given 120%. And he said, if I'm not given 120% and I'm not doing the best that I can, you know, the best that I could do, then I feel guilty collecting a paycheck. And he said, that's it, man. I'm moving to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Here is where I always encourage people to have a friend, confidant, someone they can go to, a go-to person outside of work. Yeah. So for military people. Find a couple people that are outside of the military because you get the group think, right? Right. Yeah. When I was at, you know, when I was at, you know, the Savannah, Georgia company, everybody knows, you know, it's Gulfstream aircraft. Yeah. I'm like, you know, everybody's like, yeah, but you got a great job. Why hang out? Why do it? You know, because like, it sucks. Yeah. I'm in a cubicle. Everybody's telling me, hey, it's a great, it's great. You know, it's what, and you're like, what else is out there? You know, there's something better. Yeah. You got to go jump out. But yeah, but the challenge is, look, yeah, you're you got you. You say it eloquently. You know, if you're not moving, you're dying. If you're sitting in your foxhole. Yeah. Praying you don't get shot. You're going to get shot. You're going to get killed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you got to have the courage. To move on. I mean, you know, professional investors, I think, have to have courage to cut their. Yeah. You, you, you know, you make a bad trade in PayPal or something like that. Right. You got to cut your losses and just say, accept it as a, as a learning experience. What would be your advice to somebody who has a, a pretty good career, but they're not really feeling it? You know, they're not really excited about it. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, generally speaking, how long people should stay at a company? I get this question all the time. Hey, Rob, I've been here three years. Three years en uh, enough. Is it time to get another position so I can get another big raise, another promotion? Or should I just stick it out for the 15 years. How do you handle that with people? One year is not enough. 30 years is too many. <laughs> you know, literally. And, 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 and I'll tell you this, you know, I'll look at somebody who's got a bunch of, if I look at a resume and if I see a bunch of one year jumps, you know, company, you know, company to company to company after a year or you know, a year and a half. And I don't see any, all I see is a change in geography red flags are going up immediately. You know, there's somebody that, you know, can't get along in an organization, isn't very good, or, you know, just can't, doesn't, doesn't know what they're looking for. All three of which are not good. 
Yeah, because you I can have somebody that's really, really good at what they do, but but maybe they can't get along organizationally. That's they should be an entrepreneur. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, bingo. And I look at a person who's been at a company for 30 years and then who wants to make a change. And and my you know, my 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 very candid answer is you got a lot of convincing to do. If you've been at, you know, like I work with Boeing people, I work with people from United Technologies or Rockwell, you know, whatever, Raytheon Technologies now big companies and they've been there for 20, 30 years. Yeah. It's like, what, did you just wake up and realize that this isn't the place for you? Now the challenge is when you're there that long, you're gonna, you've got to convince people that you can change. You can change. You know, you're not so ingrained in that big company culture that you can move somewhere else. And don't you think that if someone stays, or, I mean, what are your thoughts on somebody staying there for so long that they fall behind in terms of competitive compensation be, because they're no longer getting that big bump after five years. Do you think well, that's well, I think legitimate it, concern or what? Look, I think what I what 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 I want to see is this. You know, for any professional, I want to see meaningful change. Yeah. If you change after two or three years and you go to a meaningful, you make a meaningful change, and you can you can specifically say, I left company a for company b for yeah because it was more money it was a bigger title and more money or i took on a leadership i went from an individual contributor to a leadership role I, yeah you got to see step up you know, con continually increasing roles of responsibility if i'm just seeing people change geography do you, i mean don't you doesn't that scare you if you just see people that are just changing geography kind of willy-nilly yeah, you know, the only time a change of geography, I mean, one or two geography changes is acceptable. But what I look at is, where does the wife's parents live? Yeah. Because sometimes people end up wanting to move where the where the wife's parents are, for good reason, you know, having kids, they have to care for their parents or something. Yeah. But if I see somebody like two years in Texas, a year in Florida, two years in West Virginia, a year in New York, that it becomes uh, problematic. And, you know, even if I understand it, even if they're, they are legitimate reasons, then you have to, I mean, as a recruiter, we have to convince the client to also come to the same conclusions that we have. So it is a flag. It's a big flag. You know, right? Well, that's, so that's the fear of people that are jumping around. Yeah. And it ultimately comes that somebody is going to look at your resume and, and you're, you're, you're starting from, a hole that you have to dig out of. And the, the question is always going to be, what would make me think you're going to stick around my organization any longer than you've been at these others? And then the question, you know, that then you better have a damn good answer. If you've been jumping around, you better have a damn good answer because it costs companies money to onboard you. You're not effective for a few months. You get there. You know, you stick around for a cup of coffee and then you leave. Sure. You know, what did you, what did you do? What did you learn? You know, sure. then the next company comes along. You know, it's kind of like that, you know, you know it's, it's a good friend of mine likes to say is after two, it's you. Yeah, exactly. And he's talking about divorce. 
you know, after you're, after two divorces, it's not the other person. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you were saying after two o'clock, it's you. After it's two, it's, after two, it's you. After two divorces, it's not the other person. It's you. Yeah. I think quitting can become contagious too. I think if you get too used to quitting, then you, it's going to build upon itself. So, I mean, th there's obviously a, a fine line and that's the whole point of this episode is to figure out like where that fine line is because you know, I just have a bias against people that quit, but I'm starting to come around now because if you have a good reason to quit, then that's that's what you should do. I I have no bias around people who quit. I have no I what I love to see is people who sit come to me and say, I've gone as far as I can in the organization I'm at. My next step up is to take my boss's job. My boss ain't leaving. I'm either, you know, I'm either stagnant here and I do as much as I can, or I go somewhere else. Yeah. Or, you know, look, I know there's, you know, I'm I'm inside sales. I want to be outside sales. You know, I want an outside sales role. Yeah. I, you know, or or you know, whatever. I mean, you know, it's. I had a guy one time. He was going to quit. And I counseled him. I coached him. And then I said, why do you want to quit that? Uh, you know, I, I was actually trying to place this guy. And, and you know, I always ask the question like you do. Why are, are you looking at another potential opportunity? What would make another opportunity really attractive to you? And the guy told me, he says, he loves the company, loves everything he's doing, but he has a boss who would be his next promotion. That's just that's that's been there three four years and he doesn't see this guy moving off the x and i am <laughs> i recommended to him in a roundabout way well try and make your boss look really good instead of going against your boss work with him try and make him really really successful like pick out like a sensitive project or a high profile project he's working on help him be successful so that when he's very successful he'll get promoted and then you'll take his job and the guy's like you know, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So this is what this guy did over the course of a couple of months. He figured out what the sensitive high profile project was that his boss was working on. And instead of having this adversarial relationship, he helped him. He worked overtime. He bent mm -hmm. over backwards to help his boss out. And the project was a well overwhelming success six months later. And guess what? His boss gets promoted. And of course, his boss loves this guy because he knows that, you know, his direct report helped him. So he ended up getting the job that he wanted by actually helping his boss, not hindering him. It, it, it's, it's, you know, so your performance opens a lot of doors. And this is what I tell the college kids I mentor. If, if you get good grades and you have great internships and you do well at all those inter internships and you show a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of perform, you know, a lot of great performance. Every door in the world is open to you. Now you get crappy grades. Three doors just closed. You know, you can't get along inside the organization or you didn't do very well. Yeah. Three more doors just closed. Yeah. And eventually what happens to mediocre performers who can't figure out where they want to be is that the decision is not, they're not making the decision. They're just, they're picking the door. They, they, their, their, their options are limited to the doors that people are willing to leave open for them. Yeah. Talk to a client on Friday and they can't make a decision. 
And they've been telling me, yeah, we're going to make a decision this week. And then it keeps rolling. I said, finally, the conversation I had with them on Friday was, look, I'll be very candid with you. If you guys can't make the decision, the decision will be made for you. Yeah, absolutely. People move on. They have choices. The other guy gets yeah. a vote, too. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to happen, too. <laughs> I had the exact same thing happen. They were dragging their feet, dragging their feet. One candidate, they lost because somebody else hired him. The other candidate, they were freaking out over the personality profile, couldn't make a decision, yeah. reconsidering. That person got a job with somebody else, too. Both are my clients. So, hey, you know what? I had two client, I had two candidates for them, both of which got hired by two, two other separate clients of mine. And now they're back to square one. They're back. Couldn't make a decision. I mean, I've got, yeah, look, I'm fortunate. I've got a lot of business. Yeah. Exactly. I can pick and choose who I work with. You know, yeah, exactly. Great place to be. Yeah. You know, you have a company I'm, you know, about ready to say bye-bye to. I don't like their process. I sent them an invoice. Haven't gotten it back. You know, haven't gotten a, you know, haven't gotten a retainer check. You know, it's been, and, and, and if I have to ask twice, I'm mad. Right. And then I don't like the process. I'm like, all right, they're not responsive. I don't like the process. Are they going to be a key customer for me? Probably not. Get rid of them. Man. I'm moving on. I'm gone. I'm right. cutting bait. It's like, it's like, a, all right, I, I put, you know, put a couple of weeks worth of time into this thing, but I'm cutting bait. And then on top of that, you can start sourcing your people. Um, but, but, you know, it's like this. When you fire a bad job, <laughs> you open up doors to go find a great job. But the thing is, is that you have to, you, as a person, if you're stuck in a cubicle and it sucks and it's the best you can get, you fire your boss, you fire your company, and you, you, you are now, once you make that decision, you are now freeing yourself yeah. to go do something better. What's holding you back? Eliminate the stuff that's holding you back. Yeah, it's like, you know, I always like to go back to the military analogies because the military is a great analogy because it's a metal on metal business. It's life or death. It's combat. I mean, that's how I define a true meritocracy. I mean, let's face it, right? Mm -hmm. So people have heard of the Pyrrhic victory, right? It's sure. like winning the battle but losing the war. That came from Napoleon when, when he was invading Russia. Mm -hmm. He took so many losses. He won all these battles. He was in Russia. But he took, he took so many casualties and so many losses of military men and equipment that, yeah, he won a couple of famous battles. But you know what? He lost the war. Yeah. And that, that's why they call it a Pyrrhic victory. And you can write down the history books. In our mm -hmm. case, as Americans, you'd have to say that Pearl Harbor was a Pyrrhic victory. Absolutely. The Japanese crippled our Navy, but they retreated from the next Battle of Midway. The war was essentially over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I, interviewed, I interviewed about 20 years ago for this job. And it, yeah, would be a really interesting. I liked the company; they liked me. We it never quite came about. But I sat with the COO of the company, you know, and he was talking about the sales team that they had, and I liked what he said, you know. And and this is what people need to do with their lives. He sat there and he had the entire sales team in, and they would talk about, you know, it's always yeah, you know, salespeople. I love them. 
it's always the sales prevention people, right? It can't ever be them. <laughs> it's the sales prevention team, right? God forbid. <laughs> it's never the sales guys. It's always somebody else. So, but he would sit there and say, okay, so you say that you're too bogged down in admin and doing expense accounts from travel. Yeah. Okay. He goes, all right. All you got to do is send receipts to Amy. You know, just scan your receipts, email them to her. She'll do your expense accounts. Check will be two weeks later. Hmm. What's next? And then they, yeah, well, yeah, we're not, you know, marketing is not getting us the whatever, you know. All right. Marketing is now getting you 10 leads a day. Hmm. You know? Yeah. And he says, now that I've taken away all of your excuses, are you going to sell? Yeah. <laughs> and they were all like, oh, you know, oh, oh, crap. Now we actually got to go do our jobs. Right. And I think that people need to do that with their own lives, though. Yeah. You know, you sit down with your significant other, your spouse, and you say, all right, what, what's holding us back here? Yeah. And there's some things you can't change. Maybe you've got, you know, but, but there are things that you can. Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I'll wrap this up with, you know, so, how do you know when it's time to cut bait? How do you know it's time to fold them? And I go back to some things I said at the top of the show. I, I think you can boil this down to three things. One, before you start a venture, whether or not it's a relationship or a new job, you got to set up benchmarks or metrics prior to the engagement. And if you don't hit these, you really have to start thinking about, is this the right job or is this the right relationship? Number two, no matter how much time, effort, and money you put into something, whether it's an investment, as you mentioned, Craig, or whether it's a new job or a relationship, you can't fret over the sunk costs. You, you have to think about the future. Uh, and the last one is have a coach or a similar external advisor that you can trust mm -hmm. that can advise you from time to time on whether or not you're doing the right thing. Because if we keep it within ourselves, we make our own decisions. Uh, it's 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 not only selfish, counterproductive, but it gets to be too emotional. So you have to look at external human resources, and I'm talking about coaching or yeah. external advisors or friends, like you said, outside of what you do, and rely on their objective feedback and whether or not what you're doing is the is the right course of action. Because you know, if you don't, if you can do these three things, set up the benchmarks, don't fret over, you know the investment that you've already made and the outside advisors, then I think you'll be able to make an objective, logical and rational decision on whether or not it's time to quit compared to an emotional kind of off the cuff, quiet quitting type of a thing. So. No, I totally agree. I think, I think the mentorship, I think, I think having people outside your organization is, is unbelievable. And that's, there's a hundred different ways to find those people. You got to go look for them. Yeah. And then I think the big thing is really, I think the, I think the most important thing is if you're thinking about folding and cutting bait, understand what it is you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. That's the other part. Of it. And that's, I think that's the thing that most people have, struggle with. It's like, I don't know what I want. I just know this isn't it. Yeah, that's a dangerous game. That's a dangerous game to play. I think that's a, a good subject for, for our future podcast. I think so. Know the end game. Yeah. Yeah. So, Craig, how do people get a hold of you anyways? I'm all over Facebook, 
Or not Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. LinkedIn. That's Facebook. a new one, man. What, what's Facebook? Yeah, LinkedIn. I'm all over LinkedIn. Um, you can, you know, uh, my my uh, my website is uh, northstaresg.com. Email me, Craig at northstaresg.com, or phone 910-509-7129. Yeah, I really encourage people to check out Craig. I mean, your stuff on LinkedIn gets a lot of hits, man. I mean, you are you are really kicking. You know what? And taking names later. I mean, it's it's really good stuff. I'd encourage people to check out Craig Picken uh, on LinkedIn. But it, again, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you, you know coming on the show again, and uh, look forward to talking with you next week. Be careful about your uh, fires out there, everyone. We talked about a, a, a lot of solo stove fires and yep. Wilmington fires. Just make sure you're safe with those fires, and you put them out before you go to bed at night. There you go. Enjoy the Sunday. Enjoy Sunday, Rob. All right. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.